0: Good morning. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Cone Zone, the only show on my channel that starts right on time. That's the legendary, iconic Lowell Cone, covering sports in the Bay Area since 1979. And I'm his son, Grant Cone, and the 49ers are 4-0. They're the best team in town. They might be the best team in the league. And they're playing the Cowboys Sunday night. So let's acquaint ourselves with the Cowboys and why they're going to lose to the 49ers this week, Dad.
1: Iggy, I really feel that not only do I feel the Niners will beat them, the Niners are really good, but I feel the Niners will kill them. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, you're better at this than I am, but let me just give a few reasons off the top of my head. Dallas lost to Arizona. Yep. <laughs> I mean, you know, come on. You say on any given Sunday. It shouldn't have been on that given Sunday. Um, yeah. Another thing on no given Sunday would the Cardinals beat the Niners on no given Sunday. And they no. beat this. They beat those other guys. For um, for Stunkner. I feel that Prescott is an incredibly overrated quarterback. I, I do. Agree. Um, he, he's, he, they, you know, they always say he's athletic. He's this is that he makes a lot of mistakes and he's, he's not, he wins games, but I don't consider him a big time winner. I don't. Yeah. He's like Kirk Cousins. He's not a big-time winner. I would agree. I don't like the coach. Now, the coach has a 49er background, and he's supposed to be really a quarterback guy and a really good offensive guy. Iggy, I I don't see it. I I, I don't see that at all. So I guess those are three reasons off the top of my head that not only will the Niners beat them, I think they're going to murder them.
0: Well, here's what Dallas has going for it. It has a really good defense. Their coordinator is Dan Quinn. He was Kyle Shanahan's head coach. Every time Dan Quinn has faced Kyle Shanahan since they split up, Dan Quinn's done really well. Also, he has a lot of talent. They got this guy, Micah Parsons, probably the best pass rusher in the league, probably better than Bosa. They also, as a team, I mean, they have the second most sacks in the league at 14, and they're holding quarterbacks to an average pass rating of 55. So passing on this team is really, really, really tough. The Niners don't have the best offensive line. It's a tough matchup for the Niners, but the the Cowboys are giving up 4.6 yards per carry, which is 27th best out of 32 teams. So the Niners have Christian McCaffrey. Seems like they should be able to run this one to a win. If you can't stop Christian McCaffrey, I don't see how you beat the 49ers. So yeah, I think the Niners should be able to control the game
1: and win. I would say, um, even though they have the Cowboys have gaudy statistics about uh, pass coverage, Purdy is so precise on this and the short to medium stuff, and Iggy he gets it out really fast. He gets the ball out really fast. So I think I don't mean he'll murder. He in in and of himself will murder the Cowboys, but I don't think he'll be as pressured. Um, as other uh, quarterbacks have been against them.
0: Purdy played Dallas in the playoffs last year at home. He was 19-29 for 214 yards, no touchdowns, no picks, quarterback rating of 87, which is good considering how good that defense is. The Niners scored 19 points and won. So he he should play better his second time around against the Cowboys. He seems to be improving. Um, But still, like, go ahead. He's better now than he was then. He was. He is. I want to tell this story real quick. I've told it before. Last time the Niners played the Cowboys in that playoff game, I was sitting next to Patrick Willis in the press box. And the Niners, either they fell behind or their offense wasn't working early in the game. And Patrick Willis turned to me or just said out loud, why aren't the 49ers just taking it to the Cowboys? Like why are Why aren't they punishing them? Meaning, why are they trying all this fancy stuff on offense? Why don't they just pound the ball? And shortly after that, I think some people on the Niners team said that to Kyle Shanahan, and he started doing that. Sometimes he overthinks things and tries to get not cute, but exotic. I don't think the Niners have to be too exotic in this game. I think they can just win running the ball.
1: And also he was exotic because he wants to show Dan Quinn he's better. You got to remember, it. It's, it's a chess match between the offensive coordinator, Kyle, and the defensive coordinator. They're in each other's. They're in each other's thought process, and I think Kyle – and it's a good thing and a not good thing. He has a big ego, and and you need a big ego to do what he does. So I think probably he was trying to beat – not only beat the Cowboys, but to outsmart Dan Quinn.
0: Right, and also think about it this way. He's like, well, Dan Quinn knows what I like to do. He Ah. knows my offense, so I got to do something different. And so you come into the game and you're pl- calling all these plays that you wouldn't normally call because your Dan Quinn's in your head and you're, uh, your players don't execute these plays as well because it's not your bread and butter, to use a cliche. And all of a sudden, you're not winning and your players come up to you and, and say, hey, we're better than this team. Can we just do what we do? Can we stop trying to outsmart them? Can we stop trying to trick them and just line up and beat them? That's what they did in the playoffs. That's what they should be able to do in this game as long as they commit to running the ball, which they've been committed to since McCaffrey got here.
1: Right right yeah um so let me ask you this iggy i'm saying the niners will murder them i'm picking the niners in every game until they lose and then i would have to like reevaluate things do you feel it'll be a close game or a murder
0: i think it'll be a closer game i think Brock Purdy's a hell of a quarterback especially when the niners give him a pocket and time and space to go through his reads and throw I don't think he's going to get that in this game. He didn't get it last time he faced Dallas. Dallas has the best pass rush in the league, and the Niners don't have the best offensive line. I think he's going to be under a lot of pressure when he does throw, and I think he's it's going to be more of a modest output from him in the offense. But we've seen Dak Prescott be so bad against the Niners time and time again. I, this could be a game that the Niners' defense wins as opposed to the last one.
1: A final question about the Cowboys. Who is more important to the Cowboys um, success dan quinn or mike mccarthy dan quinn i agree. I, I absolutely dan feel quinn. that yeah because they're and winning I do with feel, the
0: defense absolutely and i feel like as long as mike mccarthy is their head coach i don't take that team seriously mike mccarthy yeah I'm he's gonna you. be he's gonna outsmart kyle shanahan
1: not in a million years right
0: not in a million years he seems like the most mediocre quarterback there could be in the nfl
1: uh, McCarthy. we're talking about McCarthy McCarthy yeah you said you called him a quarterback you mean a head coach nothing innovative about him made his
0: reputation when I was in college supposedly developing Aaron Rodgers Who's he developed since then did he develop Aaron Rodgers or did Aaron Rodgers develop himself I mean
1: was well, he so always Jeff, Jeff Tedford had a lot to do with bringing along Aaron Rodgers I think that's true that's true
0: Moonman says, Lowell, uh, ever go to a Niners game again to watch live?
1: Uh, I'll think about it sometime. All right.
0: On Sunday, Brock Purdy was 20 of 21. He, It's, it's the best completion percentage ever for a quarterback on at least 20, 20 passes, breaking Steve Young's record. And I had the gall to give him an A, Brock Purdy, instead of an A+. Plus for his performance. some people were really mad. Some people felt he deserved an A+. Do you think I
1: shortchanged him? Okay. Let me uh, give a little background. There were so many people on my, people complained about Grant on my Twitter. And again, I've said it before. You could disagree with him on my Twitter, but if you put him down, I block you. So in the last few days, I blocked around 20 people. And I love doing it, by the way. You know, your Mm. son doesn't, don't complain about my son to me on my Twitter. So what I got was a lot of people complaining that he only gave him an A. Everybody who would be happy to get an A, raise your hand, right? Exactly. I mean, an A is a great grade. So how could you complain about, oh, he only gave him an A? Um, I I think it's a false argument. The problem is, Iggy, you gave Mm -hmm. Christian McCaffrey an A+. A So then thought, why didn't he give the other guy an A+. Why did you give Christian an A+, and not Brock? I think it's a good
0: question, and I stand by my grades. To me, I felt like Christian was the catalyst of the offense that day. He was the best player on the Niners' offense. He had 28 touches. Brock Purdy had 21 throws. The offense went through Christian. Brock Purdy was a secondary actor on that team, in that game. And he was great, but McCaffrey was greater. McCaffrey scored four touchdowns in one game. How many 49ers have done that? I mean, he beat Jerry Rice's record for most consecutive games with a touchdown. He was the catalyst that day. He was the most, we used to like, what do we remember about that day it was McCaffrey mm-hmm. and Purdy second. So also there was Josh Allen somewhere, uh, wherever he played, he scored five touchdowns in one game. That to me is an A plus. Uh, so Purdy, he was extremely efficient. He was, he took what the defense gave him, and he was as as close to perfection as you could get, and that's an A. If he had scored four touchdowns, I would gave him an A plus. But I feel like you get the you can't just give away pluses; they should be really hard to
1: attain. Absolutely, they should be almost impossible, Iggy, and people almost should impossible. be ha- people should be happy with an A. So for fans to say, "Oh, Grant only gave him an A. What a jerk!" Ha- no, you're a jerk. An yeah. A is a good grade. And if you said to, to Brock Purdy, you know, I do grades, Brock. I gave you an A. Would he say, oh, you bum? He'd say, thanks a lot, Grant. So I, I, I just find it amazing. Now, I want to say another thing. Oh, uh, you were going to say I was going to say, it's also,
0: it's also kind of condescending. It's like, are you saying that this is the best Brock could do? I bet Brock right. could do even better. I bet there's yes. another performance he could put that's better than this one, and that'll be an A+. Like, he's still working up to it. He's not on a, a curve because he's a seventh-round picker. He was Mr. Irrelevant. He's a starting quarterback, and he's still improving.
1: I agree. And I would also say something else about a quarterback, Iggy. An A-plus would have to come in a meaningful game mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. This was a regular Sunday against a crummy team a crummy with team. a backup quarterback. Um right. You know, and not very good first year coach and not, who's doing a nice job, by the way, yeah. and and not a very good defense. You know, it's not like the degree of difficulty was that hard for Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. Um, an A plus is when Joe throws the ball that Dwight Clark catches as the catch that mm-hmm. makes history that mm-hmm. makes the 49ers into a the beginning of a dominant team in the league. That's an A+. So what I'm looking for, for Purdy is at the dramatic moment, let him step up. Yeah. At the dramatic moment.
0: I mean, he's doing great. He couldn't do much better than he's done so far. He's leading the league in passer rating at 115. He hasn't faced a playoff team yet. He hasn't really gotten tested yet. He's on the best team in the league. The test is coming and we will learn so much when it finally arrives. It could be this week, frankly, the way I've laid it out, just the, the matchup between his offensive line and their defensive line. That's going to be the toughest test he's faced all, all uh, season.
1: So I want to repeat, you and I really enjoy watching Brock Purdy play. We admire him. We mm-hmm. admire what he's doing, and not because he was the last pick taken, because he's damn good. Yes. And, and you gave him an A And that means you really admire him.
0: Let me ask you this. Uh, You watched all of Joe Montana's career. People who really believe in Brock Purdy and feel that this is in no way a flash in the pan frequently compare him to Joe Montana in terms of the confidence, the poise, and the touch, and the accuracy. Is Is that a stretch?
1: Um, it's fair to compare him. It's not fair to say he's as good as Joe or better. Joe won four Super Bowls. Joe yeah. was trailing in big games and brought mm-hmm. them back, brought mm-hmm. them back in a Super Bowl. Um, this kid has not had his feet to the fire like that. So. No. I'm I'm not going to say he's... Sh- How many games has he played? I'm not going to say yeah. he's Joe Montana. Yeah. And Joe Montana got hurt. Joe Montana got hurt bad and, mm-hmm. and had to come back. This kid... Now, he did get hurt and he did come back. But mm-hmm. Joe got hurt really bad. He ended up in the hospital after games. Mm-hmm. Let's see what this kid does. Also, I think Joe had... He didn't have a great arm, but he had a somewhat better arm. I think Joe was... Faster, more elusive. And I have never seen anyone understand football better. I think Joe understood the Niners offense as well as Bill Walsh, and that led to conflict between them. I don't think I don't think that Purdy is at this point yet, but I want to make something clear. Am I saying he could never be as good as Joe Montana? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I don't know. He's not as good yet, but he might be. And if he is, I would hope that I would praise him and Joe would praise him. And what's
0: interesting about Brock is a lot of the old players who played with Joe are extremely complimentary of Brock Purdy. Brent Jones loves him. Steve Young loves him. Jeff Garcia loves him. So Jeff loves him. I praise him. Loves him.
1: Those are very discriminating men. I, I, I didn't know that. And so again, Brock Purdy, you're currently writing an A. Good for you. Good for you.
0: All right. So the Niners are 4-0, and they haven't really had to break a sweat yet in any of the games. They haven't been tested. They're sort of you know, strutting through the season, but we know it's not going to be like that forever. They know it's not going to be like that forever. Eventually, whatever weaknesses they have will be exposed, and they'll have to address them and improve. And they're already looking at that because – Upcoming opponents are looking at them too. So what are some areas you think the Niners need to improve? I got two. Okay. You can
1: go first if you like. Um, let me just say this. Some people say Grant and Lowell are negative. They're haters. What The Niners are 4-0. Why are they doing this? I can tell you right now in the 49ers building, they're self-scouting and they're saying, okay. oh, oh, they do it all the time. That They have to. And they have to be honest with themselves and say, what are our potential problems against um, Dallas and what are our weaknesses in general? What do we, how can we compensate? Do we need new players? This discussion goes on all the time. So Grant and I are only doing what Shanahan and his coaches might be doing right now. Yeah. Um, okay. <sighs> uh, areas where they might need to improve. Cornerback. I like it.
0: I like it. They need another. Backup what do you there. think? We see. Well, we see when Ambry Thomas has to play, he's the, the first guy off the bench. They fall apart. He falls apart. So yeah. I don't know if it's some guy coming off IR soon or some guy they can trade for, but they just need another backup. That's a, that's a, an easy one. Yep.
1: And, and what happens is, because the other team has studied the 49ers, the minute Ambry Thomas comes in, they go after him. I mean, it's demonstrable, Iggy. So look, to say they, they need a backup isn't really deep criticism but it's an area where they can improve what were you going to say you know how
0: you know the Steelers didn't really know or prepare for the 49ers week one they didn't go they had Ambry Thomas on the field for the whole first half and didn't figure out to go after him until two minutes left in the first half when they finally put together that drive then they the Niners benched him after that they're like oh they found out our secret we can so yeah that's one anyway I got I got a couple other ones on defense this is a crazy one considering how much the Niners have invested in this one thing. And they think it's the most important thing really on a team, rushing the quarterback pass rush. Like they, they get pressure. They push the pocket, but they don't get a lot of sacks. Like in terms of sack per drop back, they're 28th out of 32 teams as a team. has two sacks. Javon J- J- Hargrave has three. Um, It like, they couldn't really get much pressure on Josh Dobbs in this last game. No, they couldn't. They, and they sacked Mm-mm. them one time, right? One time. So I don't know. Maybe this is just an aberration and it'll come together. But right now, the Niners do not have a good pass rush. And it hasn't really cost them because they've faced Josh Dobbs, Daniel Jones, freaking washed up Matthew Stafford, and Kenny Pickett. But eventually, they're going to be facing MVP candidates at quarterback. Uh, if not MVPs, and
1: they're going to need more than one sack in the game to win that game, so the D-line. Hey, Biggie, why do you think they're not getting sacks? I mean, they thought when they paid Bosa all that money and brought in Hargrave, they would be a sack machine. Do you have any hypothesis about what's going on? I
0: do. I have a feeling that the defensive coordinator, Steve Wilks, is playing a little conservative. D'Amico was more aggressive. Conservative meaning playing his coverage a little bit more off, saying like I don't want you to throw deep. I don't want you to beat me down the field. I'll give you some short throws. And I think when you concede short throws and the defense takes them, that negates the pass rush. If there's a quick eight yard throw available all the time, Bosa can't get there in time. You can get the ball out in like a second or a second and a half. So if you really want to spend all that money on pass rushers and have them impact the game, I think you need to be a little bit more aggressive with your coverage. Play some, you know man-to-man, bump-and-run coverage. Don't give up quick passes. Make the quarterback drop back, look around, hold it, find someone who won, and then throw. Because at that point, the pass rush can actually impact the game. But at the same time, the Niners have given up like 17 points a game, so you can't really knock them.
1: So it's interesting, though, in a way what you're saying is Wilkes' philosophy goes against the strength of of their defensive line. I think so.
0: If you really want to get the most out of a great pass rush, you, you can't let the quarterback just throw, get rid of the ball in a second and a half every play because no one's going to get to the quarterback in a second and a half, not even Bosa. Give him two. You give him two and a half seconds, you're probably going to get that sack.
1: Interesting. And yeah. this Josh Dobbs had a lot of time. And, you know, yeah. for, for a backup, he played a good game and he played a courageous game.
0: Yeah, he was disciplined and taking the underneath throws and he did hit some throws down the field. And then when the Niners gave yeah. him scramble lanes, he took them. Yeah. There's another thing it the Niners is- need to improve. Go ahead.
1: I want to ask you. Um, you're talking about sacks. How many sacks does Eric Armstead have? Can you guess? One. Zero.
0: Really? Let me let me let me make sure. Hold on. Eric Armstead. How many sacks? Let me look it up. Oh, yeah, he's zero. He had zero last year, too. Yeah. Okay. See, that's the problem. They're paying him a lot of money. They need him to, like, sack the quarterback. Bose has one. Bosa so, has one sack? Bosa has one sack. All right, I got another another area the Niners need to improve, and I don't know that they will. It's the, it's the offensive line. I think a lot of people oh. feel like, well, hey, the Niners are scoring so many points, the offensive line must not be an issue. I don't look at it that way. I don't think it's a good offensive line at all, other than Trent Williams. I think everyone else is either average or subpar, and you can see it when they when they do anything. When they run the ball, McCaffrey's good, but none of the other running backs are. Mitchell's struggling, Mason's struggling. They're all averaging less than four yards of carry. McCaffrey's the one averaging more than five. He's good. And then when they drop back to pass, it's not that Brock Purdy always has all the time in the world. He's just really good at avoiding pressure. He can step up in the pocket. He can avoid it. He can extend plays. I think both McCaffrey and Purdy are sort of working around this offensive line that hasn't had to face like a pass a playoff defense yet, but it's coming this week, and it's going to be interesting to see what McCaffrey and Purdy can do behind this particular offensive line in a really big game. I, this is the test this week for the
1: O-line. Iggy, do you think they have enough depth at running back?
0: Yeah. I don't think this is a running back issue. I think Mason's good. I think Mitchell's good. I think Ty Davis Price is good enough. I think this is an offensive line issue. I think it's an offensive line issue.
1: And what's interesting about it, they see there's no, they don't show any urgency in wanting to fix it.
0: No, they think it's good enough and they can work around it. And they would say, look, we've scored 30 points in every game and 35 in the last one. Yeah, that's true. But what's going to happen, you know, against Philly, Dallas? The two teams in the NFC that matter, we'll see this week. I think this is going to be a big eye-opener for the Niners, but it's hard to add offensive linemen midseason. They're very large people. Every team needs them. There's not a surplus, so I don't know. These guys got to improve.
1: Now. For for what it's worth, um, when the Niners were, really, were Super Bowl winners, I was going to mm-hmm. say really good, but this team is really good, so I'm going to say mm-hmm. when they were Super Bowl winners, um, Bob McKittrick was the great offensive line coach and he, they weren't always very high uh, draft choices. Uh, Bill, it, he did a lot of that, too, where they were a little lower and he had the confidence, although he and Bob didn't like each other at all. He had the confidence that Bob could um, teach them, uh, teach them up, teach them up. Mm-hmm. And he did. Um, do you feel that these guys are being taught up?
0: Believe it there coach is very good. Um, Very, very good. But I don't know how much talent they're really giving him. And I know that when the Niners were winning Super Bowls, they had Bubba Paris at left tackle. He was the 29th pick in the draft. And they had Harris Barton at right tackle. He was the 22nd pick in the draft. So, yeah, I'm sure they could get by with guards and centers who weren't the highest picks. But when it came to the offensive tackles, the Niners had two highly drafted uh athletes i mean harris barton they took a, a right tackle to 22nd pick and held on him for like 10 years you remember harris barton he was he was an all pro i mean he was really good right
1: he was very good yes
0: yeah he's in colton kivitz no offense i mean they got colby was a fifth round pick harris barton's a first round pick i think this is sort of by design with the niners they just don't take the offensive line seriously they feel like if they have a left tackle and a great tight end running back two and two wide receivers they'll be at fullback, that's enough. Maybe.
1: I guess most teams it is so far the season it's been. I got another question for you. Not today. One. Who's who's more important to the 49ers? McCaffrey or Purdy? McCaffrey. Purdy. Why? Because he's the quarterback. Okay, And and uh, he's the quarterback, and he's performing at a superior – he's performing at – I'd give him an A. He's performing at an A level. Uh, why do you say McCaffrey? Well,
0: if you had to – McCaffrey might be the MVP of the league right now. Yeah. And I think he's yeah. probably getting more votes than Purdy, which is uh, speaks to that. I mean, I think McCaffrey's a better player. He's a bigger threat. He gets the ball more. Um, yeah. Doesn't play as, as important of a position, but his backup, Mc, Mitchell's averaging three like three point three yards per carry. They're running their running game might fall apart entirely without Christian McCaffrey. Okay. Um, if they didn't have Purdy, then Sam Darnold will come in, and Sam Darnold's really good.
1: He's the next Steve Young. We know
0: he's the next Steve Young. It's an interesting question to be. It would actually be fun to know. We haven't seen. Uh, we haven't seen Purdy play a game without McCaffrey. And we haven't seen McCaffrey play a game with Sam Darnold. That would be interesting to
1: find out. Could we agree, Iggy, that they need them both?
0: Yeah. And, you know, this team had a pretty middling offense until Purdy and McCaffrey stepped up. Right. Now the offense is among the best. So I think
1: they're... Iggy, it's among the best. And I got to say, it's a pleasure to watch. And Shanahan is really, so far, almost a quarter of the season in, doing a beautiful job with what he has.
0: Yeah, he has so much confidence in those two players, and yeah. that permeates all of his play calling, and it brings out the best yep. in him. Yep, I agree. Papa Phil says Brock has the best start in NFL history. That's a Okay, but I was talking about one game. <laughs> one game. Lorenzo Pinto says I'm homesick watching you two legends salute.
1: Feel oh, better, thank Lorenzo. You so much.
0: Gary Schetzel says, love you guys. I envy your father-son relationship. What are your thoughts on getting Joey Bosa with all this cap money to put him opposite of Nick? Keep up the great work, guys. Papa Cone, you're the best. Thank you. I'm against it. I'm against it. I feel like I'd rather put money into the offensive line than to get a fourth highly paid uh, defensive lineman. What about the offensive line? You know? Just saying. Funny Box four five five four four says, I have to go back to this. I think fans are upset with the Purdy grades because you gave Trey similar grades with obviously worse game performances. I gave Trey an A for a start he had. Maybe I did. I don't know. If I did, I apologize. Dad, Christian McCaffrey, I think we can agree, is the number one weapon on the Niners offense. Quarterback aside, he's the I agree. MVP front runner. Who's the number two weapon? I feel like this pecking order changes all the time with this team.
1: Okay, I have a, a very definite opinion. But be first. First, I want to say the contenders: Kittle, sure. uh, Debo Samuel, uh, Brandon Ayuk. Let's check. You check. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. I would have to say four games in, hands down, Brandon Ayuk.
0: Yeah, I have to agree.
1: You do. What do you like about Brandon Ayuk? Okay, he always seems to be open for the catch that's going to kill you. The catch that's going to kill you. He has great hands. He gets himself free. And Iggy, he's really courageous. Yeah. He plays, Iggy, he plays angry. Yes, he
0: does. I love that. Usually, yeah, he really does. Like even more angry than Debo,
1: who breaks all those tackles. I agree. And look, yeah. I'm not putting down Debo and I'm not nope, putting down about. Kittle. They're 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 contenders. They're really special. But yeah. I think this kid is now the leader of the pack, aside from McCaffrey.
0: Absolutely. He's so good that as long as the Niners have McCaffrey and Ayuk, like Debo and Kittle don't really have to do much. They become almost like uh decoys. Or they can be. What I think is interesting is I'm looking right now um to advanced stats. And when targeted this season, Brandon Ayuk, 20 targets, 17 catches, 320 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, and a quarterback rating of 152. One wow. if you throw at Brandon Ayuk, your quarterback rating is one fifty two. It's amazing.
1: Hey, that wow. might even be an Iggy, that might be an A plus.
0: That might be an A plus. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, right now the Niners are in an interesting spot. Like they have the best running back in the league. So you kind of have to put eight in the box to try to stop him, which leaves Brandon Ayuk one on one on the outside. And there are very few teams, if any, that have a cornerback who can cover Brandon Ayuk one on one.
1: Pretty good combination that I just got right now. Those two. Is Ayuk in elite class of wide receivers? Is he in the Tyreek Hill class? I think he is. I don't think that I think he's as good as any wide receiver in
0: the league. He does it differently, but I think he's a number one wide receiver and I think he's proving it right now. Like you have to almost double team him to stop him. And if you double team him, then you're leaving McCaffrey one on one and Kittle one on one and Debo one on one. So
1: it's kind of an interesting spot. How is his route running?
0: It's the best on the team. Like Debo Samuel is not a particularly good route runner. Uh, and he doesn't have particularly long arms or good hands. But when you get him the ball, all of a sudden, he's the best player in the league. Brandon Ayuk, you can't jam him at the line of scrimmage. He can beat that. You can't cover him one-on-one. He can beat that. Uh, he's got really long arms for a guy who's six feet tall. He has the arms of like a guy who's six foot four or six foot five. He makes, he makes He's tough. He'll go over the middle. Um, he's not as elusive and hard to bring down as Debo after the catch, but he's also good after the catch. So... He's extremely well-rounded wide receiver. He's a better wide receiver than just about anyone in the league.
1: You know, there are certain – I don't know the players anymore. I retired seven years ago. There are certain players on the team I would like to meet and chat with. He would be among uh, one of the first. Uh, For example, you would say, gee, I would like to talk to Kittle or Bosa. Not for me Mm because what I feel with Kittle and Bosa is – you pretty much know what they're gonna say. They're very programmed, they're they're in that way. I don't have a feeling about Ayuk. I have the feeling he's maybe a little shy. Iggy, I don't know. He certainly I think is not looking for publicity. Correct. I don't Which think I he's looking for, yes. But I have a feeling, again, never having met him, that he has a lot of opinions, a lot of very interesting insights. And would be fascinating to get to know. Do you have that feeling? You know you've met him. I do absolutely have
0: that feeling. He strikes me as like maybe a young Jimmy Ward. Now he's a little bit more, he's a little bit more quiet and keeps to himself. Jimmy Ward would, would talk to anyone about anything forever. Um, but I do think he has his own perspective. He doesn't necessarily go along with what the team, the team's narrative is, but he's also on the hunt for his contract extension. So right now he's like a 25-year-old guy doing everything right, saying everything right, with a little bit of a twinkle in his eye like he knows more than he's letting on. That's how I read him.
1: Okay, I like it. I like, like it. I, yeah. I, I, I really admire him. Uh, other players I would like to talk to, Trent Williams. Oh, yeah. You would love Trent Williams. I would love to talk to him. And I'm going to yeah. say something. You have to understand, I'm almost 78 now. To me, athletes seem very young. Mm-hmm. um and a lot of them are very young and undeveloped trent williams seems to me like a, a grown-up yeah a real grown-up and yeah. uh, um I, I would like to you know i think it would be fascinating to hear what he has to say
0: that's always an interesting concept like who are the real grown-ups on a team Yeah, you know, very young men very he's, young men. he's one he's definitely one Spencer for hire says, Lowell, Iggy is hilarious and has helped me get over my anger when the Niners lose. His quick wit and integrity blends well with his passion for truth. I admire the job you did raising him so I can have peace.
1: Thank you so much, Spencer. That You made my day. Thank you. Thank you,
0: Spencer. Glad I can bring you peace after the Niners losses, which no longer occur anymore. They're (laughs) never going to lose again. Andre Rodriguez says, you two always criticize the Niners for the right tackle, but who was available? The best available right tackle was McGlinchey. How would they get one overpay McGlinchey? Okay, drafted. so
1: it's our fault, not theirs. Okay. could have
0: drafted one. They drafted no yeah. offensive lineman this year. Tony says, like I said last year with CMC and BA, Debo is decoy Samuel. I said what I said. Also, Brock Purdy doesn't deserve the plus until he faces some adversity. Lull. Yeah, come from behind. Yeah.
1: That, yeah. That's what we think.
0: Okay, last topic. So, the Niners win a game. Invariably, this happens. They, they win a game at home. All the local press is there and then you read the newspaper the next day you read all the game stories if you're a voracious reader who wants to know about the Niners and you you will see something in every single story and that is a quote from Kyle Uschek and yes. it's not about something Uschek did it's about big picture what the Niners did what the offense did what it means because think about Kyle Uschek no one knows this it's a it's a it's a it's a rumor little known fact he went to Harvard <laughs> yes oh it's true he went to harvard and he's very well spoken and when it's time to get like a an insightful quote about the day that goes a little bit beyond your average professional athlete quote you go to kyle use who is graciously waiting at his locker and there to talk forever and ever and ever and ever and ever i know you know what i'm talking about what do you think of this dad
1: okay i would add he's gracious you have said gracious, gracious. Uh, so in time, no way we're going to analyze this, but in no ways is this a put-down of check Again, I haven't met him. He strikes me as a thoughtful, introspective person, incredibly articulate, and maybe a leader in the locker room. Maybe a leader in the yeah. locker room. Yeah. But, and it's not his fault. Journalists have made him the voice of the team. The spokesman. Okay? The spokesman for the team. Yeah. Um, And... What I notice is, again, I read the papers after the game. Several uh, writers, even at the same paper, quoted him. After the game, I uh, I was listening on the radio, and Ryan and Papa had him on to discuss the game. So they didn't have, I mean, they had other people on, but they had him on for the big picture. So he has become the voice of the team. Now, generally, the voice of the team is the coach, and they get him every time. And but, Ushchek is more um, glib. He yeah. he has more concepts that when he talks to the media or the spokesperson is the quarterback. But in this case, he's a kid. He's very careful with what he says, and he's very careful to maintain. To maintain his position on the team, which is the quarterback, but not the leader. Right. So, um, use is put into the position of being the spokesman for the team, a position he doesn't deserve. Right. Not, not because he's a bad person because he's not as significant to the team as others. He's the fullback. He got to touch the ball three times in this past game. Sometimes he doesn't touch the ball at all, and most he does time. a lot of – most of the time. He's very good at blocking. He can run sometimes, and he can catch the ball, but that's really um, as an afterthought or, or a, a, a footnote to what really goes on. So I find it very strange that the media has made him into the team spokesman when he's not as significant as – it could be 15 other players on the team, Iggy.
0: But you know why? One, it's easy. He's there. He's willing to talk. Not all players are. And uh, two, he's good. He's good He at- wants to do it. He wants to do it. I mean, that's, right. the, that's a big thing. A lot of players don't. So it's like, you could go to Brandon Ayuk, who isn't super eager to talk, and you could try to get him, or you could just go with tried and true,
1: old faithful. Right. So, it's interesting. His role on the team is twofold. One is to do what he does on the field, and the other is to accommodate the media yeah. for the other players who don't want to talk. That's his yeah, role. be interesting. If you were on the team and you
0: were watching Kyle Juszczyk hold court after every game where he didn't do that much, would you be thinking, this guy always wanting to talk to the media even though he doesn't do that much? Or would you say, thank goodness Kyle Juszczyk Bites the bullet for all of us goes over
1: there. takes the attention and I don't got to do it. I would be grateful to him. Uh, I remember when I was a young man, I always would go talk to Randy Cross, who was the center UCLA grad Iggy, very articulate. um, And I would go to him, but sometimes I wouldn't go to use check because I would want to hear another perspective. Now, I wouldn't feel that I would get it from Kittle or Bosa because they're two programs yeah, and favorite. I wouldn't feel I'd get it from the kid quarterback, but I'd find somebody else. And while everybody was schmoozing with use check, yeah. I would find, and it would be my yeah. job as a columnist to know who am I going to go to, who's going to give me unvarnished truth and will speak to me, uh, forcefully and honestly. Um, I don't know who that is because I'm not in the locker room. But, uh, for example, everybody used to go to Buster Posey after a Giants game. Iggy, he had nothing to say, and he nothing. didn't give a crap. No. check at least tries harder, but I would want to hear a different voice. Is there anyone like that? Well, I'm not sure. Um,
0: you mentioned one of, the, one of the problems with getting check in your column is that everyone has him in his column. So no matter how good his insights are, everyone has him. So now you just got quotes that go to everyone. Exactly. So if you really want to stand out, like what we used to do was we would go to Ahmad Brooks. Yep. No one went to Ahmad Brooks. He was just hanging out. It was sort of our secret that we knew that he wanted to talk and people didn't right. go to him for whatever reason.
1: They were scared and of him.
0: It, well, yeah. If you look into Ahmad Brooks' past, you can see that he's done some things that might make you a little scared. Yeah. And he was sort of sit, stand there. He's six foot five, 265. He's a little menacing. But if you actually went over and talked to him, you'd realize not only was he not menacing in the locker room, he was dying to talk. Yet he had things to say that you wouldn't hear from the coach or the quarterback or the captains.
1: Or you a guy. Yeah.
0: The, or a So what check. you're looking for, yeah, is you're a Mod Brooks. That's what you're looking for, young journalists.
1: Yeah. 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 I, that's what I think. And I would also add something else. And this is, again, I'm not putting down check I think he's probably an exemplary person. Mm-hmm. I think it would be very interesting for check to do some um, introspection and to think, you know, I have this role and I, I, it it pumps up my ego and it makes me feel good because I'm not as significant to the team as certain others. I think if I were check Let's say after the Dallas game, and people flooded to me to ask me questions on a really important game. I would say, you know what? Please talk to someone else today. There you I'll go. I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you next week. I'm not. Uh, I'll anti-media. talk to you on Wednesday. I'll talk to you on Wednesday. But I yeah. think it would really be appropriate today to talk to Ayuk, Brandon. You know what I mean? To to uh, yeah. to, to talk to Debo. Uh, I yeah. think. Um, please um forgive me and understand yeah. but I think on a game of this magnitude go to them
0: talk to Dre Greenlaw talk to Javon oh. Hargrave talk yes. to Talanoa Hafunga talk to Tashawn Gibson like there's so many guys on the defense who play every snap and make a huge impact who are essentially anonymous and ignored by the media for whatever because check just is, is willing to take this any uh, job and he's so good at it so I like what you're saying he could, this is an opportunity for him to say, man, not my week. Go talk to that guy over there. Let him talk for us. Let him be the spokesman. I've been the spokesman for seven years. Let's let someone else do it. You don't have to go to Harvard to be a spokesman.
1: Right. And what I'm yeah. saying is, I think that would show incredible understanding of, of the team on Yuschek's part and incredible uh, humility and maturity. But, you know, Kyle. If you ever watch this, you can say Lowell's full of it. Screw him. Who cares?
0: I have a suggestion for who should be the new spokesman of the offense. Jake Brendel, the center. You want to know why? Yes. He went to UCLA. Okay. Have you ever spoken to him? What's he like? Yes. Uh, He's down to earth. He wasn't a starter until he got into his 30s. He's also extremely serious. He seemed like he always believed in himself. Um, He makes eye contact when he talks uh he's a grown-up he's a normal grown-up i love,
1: grown it. Up. I love yeah. it who wants to now after the the dallas game i don't think you can talk to him because you're going to be hustling i mean it's a late yeah. game but yeah. the next time they're home in a day game i think you should make it your business to get a quote from him i do That's good and another thing about the center to me yeah. the center is like in baseball the catcher the catcher the catcher sees the whole field and yeah. and it, they're very often the most brainy Bob mm-hmm. Melvin was a catcher. Um, the center is looking at the defense and and pointing, pointing all the yeah. time. The center has all the concepts, right, Iggy? Right. So yeah. I think center, offensive linemen are the most fascinating on the team. We've said that before. They are fascinating. But yes. the center is the catcher. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So.
0: Well, I'll try to introduce Jake Brendel to the the people watching the night. We got to make him. That's 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 the other thing with you, Jake. Like him dominating the media prevents people like Jake Brendel from becoming people we know, characters yeah. we flesh out.
1: Yeah. So let's flesh them out. Iggy, I have one more topic. I like okay. it. Let's if do we, it at the time. I don't yeah. know if you were aware, but on Saturday, Russ Francis died in a plane crash in New York State. No, oh, I did not. I was not aware. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So. Look, a lot of the people watching now are very young and and never saw Russ or maybe even never heard of him. Wow. Russ Francis was a great tight end. He was on Super Bowl winning teams. Um, He was one of the most fascinating people I ever interviewed in my life. He taught me things. He said, you know, Lowell, I'm a hybrid player. Mm -hmm. I am in meetings with the wide receivers, but I'm also in meetings with the offensive linemen because I Mm -hmm. do both jobs. I block, but I also go out for passes. And he said, as a result, I don't feel part of either group. I go back and forth. And I wrote a column about that decades ago. He was so interesting. He found a photo of him. They were all lining up in, uh, in the huddle, and he was standing outside of it. And he showed wow. me he, – he mailed me a photo uh, showing, you know, this is what you meant in your column. And he took it seriously. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> other things about him. After the strike in 1981 or 82, whatever it was, there were certain players who were closer to Eddie and management than others. I don't want to get into the whole thing, but after the team got back together, Ronnie Lott called out Russ Francis in a team meeting, and they started yelling at each other. This is Ronnie Lott, and it almost came to blows between Russ Francis and Ronnie Lott. Fred Van Oppen, who was a coach there, (laughs) said to me, they never had a fight Lol, but I would love to have seen it because <laughs> wow. Ronnie could kick ass, but so could Russ Francis. And and they, right. they almost came down to it. Right. I'm sure of, Russ was a lot bigger than, than Ronnie. And he was a great athlete. He went to Oregon. He was a track star. He was he was a yeah. great athlete. Yeah. When he retired, and this is the only time it ever happened, I guess he was alone one night and maybe he had been drinking. I have no idea. He got out one of those yellow legal pads, and he handwrote me a letter uh, saying that he thought I was critical but fair, that a lot of the players on the team didn't like me, but he did, and he uh, wished me all the best in my life. I I, I don't have that letter. I wish I did. So I want to say, Russ, God love you. Um, You were a great guy, and you enhanced my experience as a writer. Go with
0: God. Just before my time, I'm looking him up. Apparently, he retired when he was 20. He was he started his career with New England, went to three Pro Bowls, retired at 27, apparently worked for ABC, interviewed Bill Walsh, who convinced him to come out of retirement and play for the Niners. How about that?
1: Is that what happened? I, did, I, I happened. didn't really know that.
0: Rest in peace, Russ Francis. Yes. Do y'all think Kyle overuses CMC
1: as KOSCG? I do. Um, I do. Here, here's what I'm afraid of. And Iggy has said it. He's great. He's not the biggest running back, and he has been hurt seriously. I wish he would take away five carries, six carries, yeah. and give them. T- he has some other good running backs. So it, it. It. I'm not a fan, but as an observer, I do think he overuses him.
0: Yeah, it's like Kyle's too smart. He's too good. This team is too loaded for this to be the only way he can call plays and win,
1: I think. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, especially against Arizona. Anyway, we're out of topics. That's the show. This is the Cone Zone against that. That's the legendary, iconic Lowell Cone. And I'm his son. Thanks for watching. I'll see you when I see you. Dad, I love you.
1: I love you, Iggy. Let's talk on the phone in a minute. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you. Bye, everyone.